Bibles, if you would, to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians and chapter 3, I'd appreciate it. Uh, we'll be there in a minute. I just want to kind of uh, talk for a few minutes. Uh, <clears throat> last week, we ended the message talking about the importance of our foundation <clears throat> in Christ. Uh, the Bible talks often about the need of a good biblical foundation and <clears throat> our foundation. Um, even Jesus talked about it in Matthew chapter 7, in verses uh, 24 to 27. He said, uh, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not, uh, I will liken him, uh, or, or excuse me, and doeth them, not anyway. Okay, let me stop. <clears throat> uh, those of you that don't know me, uh, most of you know me, uh, know that I have dyslexia. And when I, when I try and read too fast, or if I have a migraine or something, I make a lot of mistakes. So uh, I don't have a headache this morning, praise God for that. Um, but I, I, I was just in a, I was attempting to read too fast. So that's one of the reasons we project this, so that when I make mistakes, you can just kind of laugh at me under your breath and just kind of, okay, we understand, we know where he's at. So anyway, therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which buildeth his house upon the rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon the house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. The importance of a solid foundation. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not. I knew that was in there somewhere. <clears throat> Shall be likened unto a foolish man who built his house upon the sand, and the rains descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and uh, beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. <clears throat> Again, the importance of a foundation. Our foundation in Christ is critical. I, I, I wish I had the words and the ability to communicate that better. But, again, those of you that know me know that I have a background in construction. Prior to being a pastor, I was a, I was a building contractor. So I understand physically the importance of a foundation. Now, most people intellectually understand the importance of a foundation, but I, I know firsthand the importance of a foundation. I've seen the results of bad foundations. Ephesians chapter 2, uh, <clears throat> uh, yeah, Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 20, and uh, are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. And we talked about that last week, so I'm not going really to, to go back and visit that, but the importance of Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, let's read and start reading in verse 9. For we are laborers together with Christ. Ye are God's husbandry, ye are God's building. According to the grace of God, which uh, is given unto me, as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. Again, last week we talked about the, these verses. Uh, Paul here is issuing a warning to us to take heed how we build. Back when I was a building contractor in South Carolina, one of my competitors was... wanting to break into the um, custom home uh, uh, market. There, there you go. He, he was wanting to break into the custom home market. So <clears throat> he decided that he was going to build a house and use it as a, as a jumping off point, if you would, uh, for people to come in and go, ooh, so what he did is he 
he hired a, a foundation contractor to come in and 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 he gave him the blueprints and and <clears throat> the guy came in and and put the foundation in according to the blueprints. But this guy was so anxious about building his first home and, and just impressing everybody. What he did was everywhere the plans called for a two by four, he put in a two by six. And if it called for a two by eight or whatever, he, he, he upsized everything so that this house would be beyond spectacular, but it would be structurally impeccable. But you can imagine if you if you have any kind of a, a brain that works in that kind of direction, you can imagine what what kind of problem he ran into. He 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 built a house that was too heavy for the foundation. Subsequently, the house was demolished and worthless. It, it, it just, it, it, they, there was nothing they could do but tear it down and start over again. See, Paul tells us to be careful to take heed how we build on the foundation of Jesus Christ. And on the surface, it sounds good to, to overbuild, does it not? But the reality is he was out of balance in his building practices. And so often we get out of balance in our, in our Christian lives, do we not? And Paul, again, is warning us to take heed how we build. And, and the truth is, everyone in this room is under construction. Okay, now we're at different phases of construction. In fact, I have a picture for you here. Um, okay, good. I, I okay. Uh, this is a just a simple picture I got off the internet, but I picked this picture on purpose because it shows different phases of construction. Now, now we are all under construction. There's no question about that. In fact, we are not going to be done until we pass into glory. Okay, just saying. But we're all under construction, and in fact, this doesn't even cover all the faces. In fact, when I was a builder, um, <clears throat> because of my dyslexia, I struggled with the with with a lot of uh, uh, personal. Uh, uh, anyway, I anyway I just struggled with a lot of things personally uh, because of it, and. There was a period of time where I thought I was stupid because I had trouble reading. And my wife used to say to me, Rick, a stupid person couldn't do what you do. And I said, and I used to say, well, it's nothing but a big puzzle. You, you know, you think about construction and really it's just a, it's just a huge puzzle that you just put it together piece by piece. And if you look at your life like that, sometimes it helps us put in perspective the, the, the trials and struggles that come in, into our lives are just pieces of the puzzle that God's trying to put together to build your life. The average person, when purchasing a home, statistics show us that a person decides whether they want to buy a house or not within the first 30 seconds before, as, as they pull up to it. Most people know within 30 seconds whether they even want to go inside. Now, most of us that are house shopping will say, okay, well, I don't want to buy it. But I'm here, might as well look at it. We call that curb appeal. Once we get inside, once we get past that first 30 seconds, we say, okay, yeah, this is a house I could, you know, okay, I could do this. Then we get inside, and how do we do? We walk around and we look at the house and we think, oh, this is pretty, or, oh, wow, 
That's weird. Who would, who would do that? Trust me, I've been in a lot of houses. <clears throat> and then we determine whether it will meet our needs. So, so basically, I guess, I guess what I'm trying to say here is we make our decisions based on what we can see. Right? The floor plan, the color of the cabinets, the, you know, the floor coloring, the, you know, I mean, we have all these things, but it's everything that we can see. But in reality, what is the most important part of a house? What you can see or what you cannot see? What you cannot see. And most of us don't have the background that I have. So what do you do if you're thinking about buying a house? You you hire a home inspector. What What is their job? Their job is to look at everything you don't look at and advise you accordingly. But see, way too often, we are so focused, <coughs> excuse me, we're so focused on what we can see, the, the, the color of this and the, the type of this and the, you know, oh, you know, they have uh, carpet in this room. Well, I don't want carpet in this room. Well, then rip it out. You know, well, I don't like the color of this wall. Paint it. You know, it's really, but, but see, that's, I, I've known people that have absolutely loved the house, but didn't like the color of the carpet, so they didn't buy it. Or they, they didn't like the color of the, the paint in the living room, so they didn't buy the house. And some of you are going, mm-hmm. And other, others of you are going, What? But see, it, it is, it, most people cannot look past that. They just can't do it. And the problem is we do the same thing with our lives spiritually. We focus on the superficial of our lives. We focus on the color of paint in the living room instead of the structure of the wall behind behind the sheetrock. Let's continue reading in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 11. For the foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if any man build on this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be manifest for the day shall declare it, because it shall. Uh, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. For the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide, and uh, he hath built there thereon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet as, so as, by fire. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for your love and for the work you do in our lives. I'm so very thankful and grateful for all that you do. And Lord, I just ask that you would meet with us this morning that you would put away the busyness of life, that you would help us to focus on your word this morning. Help us, dear God, to be more like you. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. The title of my message this morning is Construction Material Used in Striving Together. Construction Materials Used in Striving Together. You know, the, the, the reality is God gives us materials that we need to be able to strive together for the, for the faith of the gospel. Now, how many of you would agree with this statement? The quality of material used to build your house is important. 
If you agree with that, raise your hand. Okay. We all agree with that. <coughs> no one wants a house built out of inferior material. Nobody does. But then why do we spiritually cut corners in our lives? And we're all guilty of it. Number one, let's look at the material used. The material used. <clears throat> we have a list that would fall into two categories. Um, eternal or non-combustible or temporal or combustible or consumable. <clears throat> so, uh, the letter A, let's look at the eternal for a minute. Gold, silver, or precious stone. Now these three materials have certain characteristics that set them apart from the other three uh, listed here. So we have, we have a list of six different materials. Three of them, three of them are eternal, gold, silver, and precious stone. Now, these three character, the, the characteristics of these three materials, and number one is they're permanent. They're beautiful. Think about this. They're permanent, they're beautiful, they're valuable, and they're hard to obtain. I believe, well, I, I may be getting ahead of myself, but that's okay. <clears throat> I believe one of the reasons why oftentimes we cut corners spiritually in our lives is because it's just easier to do it the other way. Do you know why municipalities, cities, counties, so on and so forth, have building inspectors? Any clue? Other than to be a thorn in my flesh? <clears throat> there you go. There is a standard, and it is their job to make sure that every building built meets the standard. Because if there was no building inspector, what do you think builders would do they'd cut corners wouldn't they now it's just human nature it's easier to cut corners in proverbs chapter 3 verses 13 to 15 happy is the man that findeth wisdom and the man that getteth understanding for the merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver, and the gain thereof than fine gold. She is more precious than rubies, and all the things thou canst desire are not to be compared unto her. Now let me ask you a question. Jesus said, or, or, or Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, that, that <clears throat> the the our works are one of six things, gold, silver, precious stone. But we're told here in Proverbs that wisdom is even more precious than those three things. Letter B. Let's talk about the temporal material that we see here. Wood, hay, stubble. Uh, if you're wondering what stubble is, stubble is the leftover stock uh, from a grain. Like, you know, uh, a wheat, when they harvest wheat, they, they will run their little machines through there and take away the wheat, and then all the stuff that is thrown out the back of the machines um, is the stubble. It's, it's worthless. Okay. <clears throat> Uh, I, I did some research and I found out that in Exodus chapter 5 and verse 7, it says, 
ye shall no more give the people straw to make brick uh, uh, as here heretofore. Let them go and gather straw for themselves. The word straw there is the word is the same thing as stubble. That the worthless stuff that's in the fields, let them go gather that to make the bricks. To give you an idea of what 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 Paul's trying to communicate here. So the three the characteristics of these three materials is they are passing. That they're 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 worthless, they're ordinary, and they're easy to obtain. Total opposite of the other three materials. Temporal material is what the is what the world values. Possessions. That's what the world is all about. Possessions, is it not? They want to get, get, get. But those those of us that have been around for a while and understand that you know the more possessions you have, not only the least satisfied you become, but the more possessions that you get, the more that you want, and the more that you want, the more it's a vicious, vicious cycle. Does not the world want luxury? But luxury is a passing thing, is it not? Pleasure. All of these things have no eternal value. That you know, pleasure is a good thing for a period, but eventually reality sets in and you're right back in it again. Not only does it have no eternal value, but it has very little benefit to others. It's all about me and what I can get. Now, I want to take a minute. I want to try to help us understand the metaphor that uh, Paul's giving us here in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Understanding the metaphor. I believe that it goes to our motives. Uh, uh, the gold, silver, precious stone, or the internal, the eternal things, go to the motives in which I, I do something, and the wood, hay, stubble is the same thing. And I, I've explained this before, and I want to explain it again so that everybody understands what I believe that Paul's trying to communicate here. Now we all, we we all have done good works, have we not? We we all have. But it doesn't go to necessarily to the work that we do, but to the motivation in which we do it. Um, at Christmas time this year, uh, because of everything going on, we didn't do our normal snowflakes that we normally do. We just did gift cards that we could give to families in need in our in our church. And we we put we put the needs out on the board, and people as they walk by, they you know they, they, they there's two ways to react to this because I, I would make the announcement say okay hey there's there's there are things on the board back there on your way out if you could grab one of those or two of them and <coughs> excuse me and be be a blessing to somebody in our church you know why don't you do that on the way out and and there's two ways to reacting we could walk out the door and look at that and go. Man, I better take one of those because if somebody sees me walk past that and not take one, then they're not going to think well of me. So I need I need to take one of those and go to Walmart and get a gift card. I'm here to tell you that's wood, hay, or stubble. Because, because it's all about the motive of the heart. But if you get up and, you, and, and you're like, because uh, <clears throat> I, I try to always stand at the door and, and I'm standing at the door and you walk right past me and you go straight to the board and you think, okay, man, I am so excited. I get to help someone. That's gold, silver, precious stone. See, it's about the motivation of the heart. 
See, it's not necessarily the work. It is the motivation behind the work. And, and, and there is every one of us in this room, every single one of us in this room is guilty of wood, hay, stubble. Selfish desires of our own. We're all guilty of it. But hopefully, as we mature in Christ and we build on our foundation of Jesus Christ, we will understand that it's not about what everybody thinks of us, the superficial, but it is building a solid building on the foundation of Jesus Christ and doing things for the right reason. Number one, the materials used. Number two, let's look at the results of our labors. The results of our labors. Look at verse 13. Every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire, <clears throat> excuse me, and the fire shall try every man's work whatsoever it is. So the word manifest here, is a is a it, it's a simple word. It just means to be made known or to be made clear. That's what it means. You, you ever hear this the term uh, <clears throat> "your sins will find you out"? Okay, uh, that that in other words, you, your sins will be made manifest. Okay, so every man's works will be made manifest. In other words. There is coming a day, Paul is warning us, uh, or not, not warning us, but reminding us of a day that is coming that all of our works will be revealed. And I believe, because of the context of what we're talking about here, not only will our works be revealed, but the motivation behind those works will be revealed. Because God will be presenting us with gold, silver, precious stone, or wood, hay, stubble. And everybody present will know when God hands us a big pile of wood what the problem is. Our works will be revealed. This day being referred to here is also known as the judgment seat of Christ. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 10, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that, <coughs> excuse me, that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. <coughs> everyone will give an account. Saved and unsaved. At the judgment seat of Christ, it will be the saved. The great white throne of judgment will be the unsaved. Every word that is spoken, every thought that has been entertained in your life, think about this. This is serious business. All of it's going to be revealed. Actions that you think you've been able to hide will be revealed. Everything will be dealt with. As hard as we try to hide things, we cannot hide anything from God. Romans chapter 8, verse 27. And he that uh, searcheth the heart knoweth what is in the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to to the will of God. Psalm chapter 139, verses 1 and 2. O Lord, Thou hast searched me and known me. Thou, hast, thou knowest my downsittings and my uprisings. Thou understandest my thoughts afar off. We can hide nothing. And there will be a day. And Paul's, Paul's reminding us or even warning us of this day that we will give an account and our thought life will generate a lot of wood, hay, stubble, or gold, silver, precious stone. Our actions, the same thing. 
And what will happen is we uh, at that day, <clears throat> God will present us with our rewards. And it says, and it will be tried by fire. And the picture is this. We will take the, the, the gifts that He gives us and we will stick it into the fire. And whatever comes out is what is eternal. It, well, let me rephrase that. Is what, uh, what is of eternal value. What happens to the wood, hay, stubble? Poof. It's gone. There was a doctor. I, I, <clears throat> I, I, I love watching the History Channel and things like that. I'm just weird. <clears throat> yeah, the guy stuff. <clears throat> and uh, I, 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 I remember watching I don't, I don't I don't remember if it was on history I don't I don't remember what channel it was on but anyway I I, I got this documentary and <clears throat> there was a doctor that wanted to build a house on the beach right right on the ocean and <clears throat> he was smart though he he hired an architect and between the two of them uh and, and I'm I'm going to miss a lot of the detail because of time's sake here but uh, between the two of them, the architect and the doctor, they designed a hurricane-proof house. And October 17th, you got this picture, Chris? October 17th, 2018, this is the house. Hurricane Michael decided to blow through. A Category 4 hurricane. And you can you can go on the internet and there's all kind of videos about this about this this house. But as you can tell, the the only really the only damage to it was two broken windows. And they, they weren't even broken all the way through, they were just cracked. Without going into a lot of detail. If you want detail, you can go online and find all kinds of stuff about this house. It's, this house is amazing, by the way. <clears throat> Without going into a lot of detail, the thing that makes this house so unique is two things. Number one, the way it was built. And number two, the type of material used to build a house. The difference in cost between building this type of house and that type of house, <laughs> yeah, the house that's gone, is about 30%. If, if my memory serves me correct, it was like 20 to 30% more expensive to build this house. Well, I'm sorry, but if you can afford to build this house, price really isn't, isn't really that big a deal. But I want you to think about this for a second. Most Christians today, most Christians today are satisfied with this. But if we, if we take a little bit of time, a little bit of effort, we can build a house like this. How much time do you spend in the Word of God every day? Every week. How much time do you spend in the Word of God every month? I'm not even talking about reading your Bible every day. Do you read it at all? If you, if you can honestly say, you know what, I, I'm really lacking in my Bible reading or my prayer time or, 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 or whatever is going on in your life, well, I, I'm you can see what kind of house you're building. Because we're all under construction. Every one of us. As you can tell, the time in designing and the material used and so on and so forth was worth it.
And so often we get so consumed with the superficial stuff in our lives. What it looks like on the outside. Now, obviously, the house right there to the is gone. But I can, I can, obviously, I don't know, but I could probably guarantee it was a beautiful house. Just by the location, whoever had that house had a lot of money. It was probably superficially, it was probably a very pretty house. What are you investing in in your life? Is it gold, silver, precious stone, or is it wood, hay, stubble? Number three. We, we talked about the material. We talked about the results of our labor. Number three, the outcome of our judgment. The outcome of our judgment. Look at verse 14. If any man's work abide with him, uh, <clears throat> he hath built thereon, uh, he shall receive a reward. In other words, if he built with gold, silver, precious stone, he'll receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, wood, hay, stubble, he shall suffer loss, but his but but he himself shall be saved, yet so by fire. Those that have been faithful can expect honor from the Lord. Those that have been unfaithful can expect dissatisfaction from the Lord. I read a, I read a quote from a commentator named uh, John Phillips. He said this, he said um, <clears throat> that this judgment will be a day of revelation, a day of reward, and a day of regrets. Now, unfortunately, every one of us have things that we regret, do we not? Every one of us. And, and that day will be no different. We will, we will regret wasted time. We will regret missed op- opportunities. Uh, uh, unwise choices that we've all made. But the reality is we don't have to stay making bad choices. We don't have to, to continue wasting time. We can change all of that. I want to, in closing, I want to I want to look at two men in closing. These two men um, both had uh, plenty of issues in their lives. Both of them made really, really bad choices in life. Both of them made good good choices in life <clears throat> both of these men um, uh, are characteristic of probably just about everybody in this room the first one I want to look at is Solomon Solomon at the end of his life wrote the book of Ecclesiastes isn't that right John isn't that what you taught us Okay, I thought I, I, see, I was listening. Solomon wrote three books, right? The the Song of Solomon, he he wrote as a young man. Proverbs, middle age kind of of thing. And then Ecclesiastes was, he was an old man. My personal opinion is, and you correct me if I'm wrong, I I think he knew he was dying, or, or he he was old enough that he knew, he, yeah, he, he didn't have much longer to go. So he writes the book Ecclesiastes. And what does he write? In Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verses 10 and 11, this is what he says. He says, And whatsoever mine eye desired, I kept not from them. I withheld uh, not from my heart 
from any joy, for my heart rejoiced in all my labors. In other words, what is Solomon saying? Anything that I wanted when I saw it, I got. Anything my heart desired, I got. Anything. Well, he could afford that. He was at the time he was he was the richest man in the world. And he he goes on, and this was my portion of all my labor. Then I looked on all the works of my hand had wrought, and on the labor that I had labored to do. So in other words, he he stops and he says, he says, anything that I desired, anything that I saw that I wanted, anything, I got it. And he's bringing it to a conclusion now. And and on the labor that I labored to do, and behold, it was all vanity and vexation of spirit, and there was no profit under the sun. In other words, what Solomon says at the end of his life, he says, everything that I got, everything that I saw, everything that I desired, all of it, I got it, and it was empty and worthless. Let's move it over into the New Testament, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Would it be gold, silver, precious stone, or wood, hay, stubble? Wood, hay, stubble. It was worthless. He said it was all worthless. Everything that I have achieved in my life is is vanity and vexation of spirit. In the closing chapter of Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verses 13 and 14, Solomon says this, Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God, keep His commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. Again, this is a mirror, if you would, to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Solomon is saying, look, after I wasted my entire life, I've come to to this simple conclusion. Walk with God. Just walk with God. Let, me, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep His commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Just walk with God. The other man that I want to talk about made some really, really bad choices. This guy was a murderer. His name was Paul. But how did Paul end his life? The end of Paul's life, he he was writing to a young preacher named Timothy. And Paul again didn't didn't know when he was going to die, but he knew his life was drawing near. And he writes to young Timothy and he says this He says, I have fought a good fight, I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord the righteous judge shall give me in that day. And not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. See, Solomon, and this may sound contradictory, okay? But but think about this for a minute. Solomon is known as the wisest man that's ever lived. Am I right? But he was really stupid. Because he built his life on the foundation using wood, hay, and stubble. His life, at the end of his life, he says, you know what? It was vanity and vexation of spirit. 
It was a waste. I wasted my life. For somebody so smart to be so stupid, that's an amazing paradox, is it not? But some of the smartest people I know live the same way. Paul, a murderer, killed possibly hundreds of Christians before he was saved. I dare say he, he probably pillowed his head at night seeing the faces of the Christians that he had martyred. But at the end of his life, he could say, God, I did the best I could. See, Paul, Paul spent his life building his house with gold, silver, and precious stones. Now, did was Paul perfect? Absolutely not. Did Solomon do everything wrong? No, absolutely not. Did, did Solomon earn gold, silver, precious stone? I, I, I'm sure he did. But the majority of his life was built on nothing. It was built on the things of this world. Where Paul... Although I'm sure he had a good stack of wood, hay, stubble, he also had a big stack of gold, silver, precious stone. None of us is perfect by any stretch of the imagination. But that's not an excuse to be stupid. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians to take heed how we build our houses. Then he gives us a list of material that to build our houses with. Just as the doctor here in <clears throat> the picture that I showed you on the Gulf Coast of Mex uh, New Mexico in Florida somewhere um, chose to build that house out of certain material in a certain way and when the hurricane came, it stood. We have the same choice. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 27. Only let your conversation or your lifestyle be as becometh the gospel of Christ, that whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs, that ye stand fast, in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. The reality is this. If we as a church will strive for gold, silver, precious stone, and not for wood, hay, stubble, we can strive together and accomplish much for the cause of Christ. So let me ask you in closing. Are you willing to do the hard things? Are you willing to build your life with gold, silver, precious stone? The things that are hard to obtain. Are you willing to compromise for the things that are easy? The wood, hay, stubble. Yeah, I can't answer that question for you. Only you can answer that question. What are you going to build your life about? Going back to the illustration I told earlier, the foundation was laid, but the builder got out of balance in his life. He got out of balance and he, and he overbuilt for the foundation. And there are times in our lives that we can lose perspective. Is, can we not? We need to stay focused on the task. 
We need to stay focused. What kind of house are you building this morning? Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for your love and for the work that you do in our lives. And I am so thankful and grateful for the Word of God and not only the power of the Word of God, but the, 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 the word pictures that you give us in the Word of God that we can take and apply to our own lives. And Lord, as we bring our service to an end and uh, we ask that the influence that you have in our lives will not end, but that we will make choices that are well-pleasing to you. Help us, dear God, this morning to make choices based on decisions that we can make moving forward that will be well-pleasing to you. We are truly thankful. With every head bowed and every eye closed, let me ask, the invitation is super simple this morning. Has God spoken in your heart this morning? Could it could be about anything. It, it, it could be anything that God is doing in your heart and life. Is there anybody who say, Pastor, God has spoken in my heart this morning. Will you pray for me? If that's you, just lift your hand. Amen. It's possible that there is somebody here this morning that's not saved. If that's you, you need the foundation of Jesus Christ in your life. Is there anybody say, Pastor, would you pray for me also that I might know Christ? If that's you, just lift your hand and I'll pray for you too. Anybody at all, just, just raise your hand and I'll pray for you. Lord, you know the heart behind every hand that was raised. Lord, we just ask that you would guide and direct in our lives, that you would help us, that you would guide us. Lord, when we do our best to build our lives, we need your wisdom. We need your strength. Help us, dear God, to walk with you. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.